Hey, I'm Michael, and this is Michael in the Middle. It's an intergenerational relational podcast for people who are interested in better human interaction. I'm glad you're here. Wasn't that beautiful? Um, the song that uh, you heard the fifth grade chorus from Trinity Christian School in Sharpsburg, Georgia, singing there is simply entitled Gratitude. And that's what I've chosen to title episode 35 of Michael in the Middle, Gratitude. Um, it's, a, it's a subject that uh, has been studied and uh, a subject that has been talked about. Um, and it's a subject that I think needs a little more, um, I guess, exploration would be a, a good way to look at it in these days of uh, great challenge. Um, it is so easy to feel overwhelmed by sadness and by disappointment uh, in these days. We're, we're told frequently on social media how bad things are and, you know, maybe Maybe things really are that bad. Um, I think it's all in how you see life and how you choose to look at life sometimes. I, I um, recently saw a video uh, that a, a friend played in a public gathering. Um, my friend Greg Tinker has been a part of a project in bringing wells uh, to uh, an impoverished African country. And... I uh, was just almost overcome watching the people of the village, especially the children, as uh, clean water began to gush forth from the ground right underneath where they've lived for years. They didn't even know the water was there. They had to try to deal with uh, water that would collect in uh, ponds and uh, retention areas just sort of naturally, but it's where... Um, all the animals of the village also, um, did their business, so to speak. And man, you know, you, they'd take up, um, they'd take up a, a, a receptacle of water or, um, scoop it up in a bottle of some sort and, 
I mean, it just was stunning how dirty that water was. And uh, as each of these villages uh, were able to obtain wells that were dug, uh, Greg and his friends have been able to raise a lot of money uh, to build hundreds of wells um, in Africa. And, and I know of others who are doing that sort of thing. My wife, Sarah, and I give to a project called Never Thirst in honor of our late friend, Diana Reeves, um, Bloodwater Mission. Uh, the guys from Jars of Clay uh, had a great uh, project going with that. And I assume that's still going on. Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, the denomination of which we're a part, um, is big on wells. Dr. Wendell Nixon, a, a dear friend of mine down in uh, South Carolina, has been raising money and building wells in Haiti for many years. And I don't know why this water thing struck me the way it did, but I think it was because there are so many things, at least in the culture in which we live here in the U.S., that we just kind of take a lot of things for granted. Um, and I realized how fortunate um, so many of us are in terms of the things that we have access to. And I started thinking about gratitude. And so this past Thursday night, uh, when we had the opportunity to hear our grandson, Braden and his uh, fifth grade classmates who are part of that uh, choir from the school, singing a song about gratitude and realizing that everything that we do in a sense will fall short uh, of just how awesome God is and how blessed so many of us are. Um, I don't know why or how to explain the concept of blessing. And actually, that's not what I'm trying to talk about right now. I'm just trying to talk about what it means to be grateful for the good things that have come my way and encourage others to consider being grateful in abundance for the good things that have come your way as well. I, uh, I did some research. I learned how to do that uh, when I was working on my own project for a doctoral degree in generosity. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, out at uh, uh, Cal Berkeley, uh, there is a, um, a wonderful uh, summary written um, uh, and sponsored by the John Templeton Foundation. I want to make sure I give uh, due credit here, but... Uh, Summer Allen, um, uh, a PhD um, candidate from the um, the Greater Good dot Berkeley dot Edu website, shared this uh, science of gratitude, and and I want to share some of the thoughts that uh, that that Dr. Allen uh, shared in this executive summary. So I encourage you to look it up. Um, she asked the question, "What is gratitude?" And maybe there's a sort of instinctive understanding of what gratitude is. But she argued that it can be difficult to define. She asked the question, is it an emotion? Is it a virtue? Is it a behavior? And she said that actually gratitude can mean different things to different people in different contexts. That's like a lot of things in our lives. Um, concepts can mean different things based on our own uh, context, but she said researchers have developed some frameworks for conceptualizing gratitude so that it can be studied scientifically. Um, so, uh, Robert Emmons and Michael McCullough, 
defined gratitude in, uh, in two ways or a two-step process. Um, one is that you recognize that one has obtained a positive outcome. And two, one recognizes that there is an external source for this positive outcome. So uh, while benefits, positive benefits come from other people, um, that kind of lends itself to uh, gratitude's reputation as other-oriented, uh, an emotional response to what someone other, some other person has done. Uh, people can also experience gratitude toward God or nature or the idea of fate, just the way things fell. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that um, in, in this particular study, uh, Dr. Allen said that research suggests that gratitude is not simply a cultural thing. It has deep roots that are embedded in our evolutionary history, our brains, our DNA, and child development. She even said that animals uh, as diverse as fish, birds, and vampire bats, uh, that they've proven that there's a reciprocal altruism to the way that they respond to one another. Um, some scientists suggest that gratitude may have evolved as a mechanism to drive this sort of thing, thereby turning strangers into friends and allies who are more likely to help one another. Um, studies from neuroscience have identified brain areas uh, that are likely involved in experiencing and expressing gratitude, providing further evidence for the idea that gratitude is an intrinsic component of the human experience, end quote. So how does uh, gratitude develop? Does it, does it just manifest itself when you realize that something good has happened to you and it's a natural response? I'm not so sure it does when I watch how people, you know, kind of react uh, these days to situations. I, I think I've talked about this before, but, um, you know, I, I am often at my worst when I'm behind the wheel uh, driving on the interstate, either here in Nashville or somewhere, <laughs> especially in the Southeast. I, I have this sort of, um, you, to use a word from Dr. Allen's study, intrinsic sense of fairness about how people ought to act when they're driving. And, uh, you know, if I let you in, you should wave, you should be, uh, grateful. You know, I, I mean, if somebody lets me in, in traffic, I, no matter how cold it is, I always try to roll down my window and, Hey, you know, thanks. I, I saw what you did for me there. And so while I studied generosity for a long time and the fact that we should always have a generous attitude uh, and, and be willing to give and help and, and that sort of thing, I, you know, I can, I can, you know, offer up an act of generosity, which according to my study is simply giving good things freely and abundantly to others. You know, I can, I can give a space on the interstate to someone who's trying to barge in. Uh, but if they don't acknowledge my kindness, I kind of spoil it by getting upset at them, you know? So I didn't really give freely and abundantly to that person. I gave probably more begrudgingly with something expected in return, but gratitude. How about that? I mean, um, I was taught from an early age to always say, thank you. Um, I probably have heard, I love you and thank you come out of the mouths of my parents um, 
across the years more than any other thing. And I was taught that. And uh, lately I've been spending more time with my 86 year old dad. Now that uh, my wife, Sarah and I um, are kind of just back to the two of us since her mom's passing three weeks ago, almost four now, it's been interesting to, to kind of have some conversation about the fact that, um, you know, not only are we getting older ourselves, but we realize, um, in fact, it was mentioned now just yesterday that, that my dad's the only one of those original four parents left for my wife and myself. And uh, although we grieve their passing and, and miss them greatly, I think we can look back on the influence that, um, each of them, uh, you know, has had on our lives and, and, and the thing that just keeps coming back over and over again is how grateful we are. First of all, that they were in our lives to begin with, how they helped us and guided us and, and helped in, in a sense, instill in us some of the traits that we've tried to pass on to our kids and grandkids. But I've also been spending more time with my dad. He's 86. He doesn't see nearly as well as he used to. In fact, he hasn't been able to drive a car for about three years. And boy, that maybe four. That's that's been really tough on him because that was a man that loved to drive. We had more cars than I can remember uh, growing up until I came to college, and not much has changed uh, in 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 my adult life. Um, we loved cars, and my dad loved driving. Um, my dad doesn't always hear too well. His, um, his back is kind of bent a little bit, um, from the number of years that he's uh, walked this earth. He's 86 as I believe I said. And, um, you know, there, there are times where I think he is just a little bit, um, you know, beaten down by the realities of, of what he's facing, at least physically. But you know what, um, we were talking, earlier today and uh after after sarah's mom died um after the funeral our oldest son chad kind of jokingly said well granddad it looks like you're the last man standing (laughs) and and my dad has uh, been saying frequently i don't know quite how to take that but uh chad was just admiring the fact that he was still here at this age and that he was doing as well as as he is and uh so We've been talking a little bit about it. I, I took a day trip uh, with, with Daddy recently, and we were talking about a couple of things. And, and he uh, he said, you know, I never really thought much about, you know, what might take place at my funeral. Uh, and I said, well, you know, just because we uh, put a plan together about what you might want to have there and who you might want to be involved doesn't mean we think you're getting ready to head on off to heaven anytime soon. And uh, we hadn't talked about it in, in a couple of weeks. And today after Sunday lunch, as, as, as we almost every week do, um, we were, we were headed home and, or to take him to his home, uh, out at Rutland place in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And, and, uh, daddy said, uh, you know what, uh, again, I don't, I don't want to have to plan, uh, the whole funeral. I don't like to think about it all that much, but he said, today which is mother's day and and it's a it's another reminder that my mom is not here uh, both for him and for us he said i i think of of all the songs that i would want sung uh at my funeral 
I would have to say that I would like for you to include my tribute in it. And the song written by Andre Crouch many years ago just simply starts out, how can I say thanks for the things you have done for me, things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love to me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude for all that I am or ever hope to be. I owe it all to thee. And then it, for those of you who know the song, it, it, the chorus just rings out to God be the glory for the things he has done. I, I've been thinking about that really the rest of the day. That is a song, that is a lyric that is consistent with the way that I was raised, with the way that I heard my parents talk. They didn't always get everything they wanted. Um, in fact, you know, my mom would occasionally joke about the things that. Uh, she wished she had, but she never let it steal her joy. She would joke about wanting a bigger, nicer car sometimes, or uh, maybe uh, a house that had a couple other things uh, that her house didn't. But I, I, uh, I remember, um, you know, talking through things like this with my folks at different points along the way, and and um, I, this is this is what I remember mostly. It's God's been better to me than I ever deserved. I've heard that from people uh, across the years. So what is it about gratitude that's so important? Uh, there are situations in our lives where, sure, we could wish we had this or that that was better or uh, more impressive. Sometimes we get caught up in uh, trying to keep up with uh, what other people have. And, um, so I've, you know, I really have been trying in uh, recent, recent years to focus on the good things that I have and not be so focused on the things that I wish I had, because in the final analysis, I, I know that I've had it better than most, um, not because I deserve it, not because I did anything to earn it simply because you know, that I've been in a position to have a great family and uh, develop relationships with friends that have been a great blessing in my life. Does that mean that everything I've ever wanted or thought I wanted has come to fruition? Not by a long shot. But does that mean that I have you know, some sort of sense that I've been cheated or that I didn't get uh, something that rightfully was mine and it was somebody else's fault. Well, if I'm being honest, sometimes I probably had those thoughts go through my mind. But this notion of gratitude, this idea that, um, you know, I, I have been so fortunate to have had certain opportunities and some of that feels like luck of the draw sometimes. Sometimes I think it's because of the family that I was born into and the way that we tried to respond to these good things that have happened in our life, back to the study uh, that, that Dr. Allen from Berkeley uh, was talking about. Uh, it's, it's very interesting to uh, think about, um, you know, how uh, I guess the whole notion of gratitude can be impacted by, you know, a lot of different things, but 
one of the things that I wanted to lift out again from her article, this uh, executive summary white paper uh, from Berkeley, um, she said that uh, Dr. Allen suggests that gratitude may be associated with many benefits for individuals that include better physical and psychological health, increased happiness and life satisfaction, decreased materialism, and more. She goes on to say a handful of studies suggest that more grateful people may be healthier, and others suggest that scientifically designed practices to increase gratitude can also improve people's health and encourage them to adopt healthier habits. I mean, being generous, being grateful is good for your health. I, it, it just makes sense. And on top of that, it, it allows persons who are observing your behavior to take positive steps for themselves. Um, the opposite of gratitude is selfishness. It's ingratitude. It's a Somebody's getting something I'm not getting, and I'm upset about it. <laughs> Jerry House on the Big 98 WSIX for years uh, was a staple in the car, especially when our sons were younger, and and uh, we would listen to that on the way to school in the morning. And among the various things that that Jerry would occasionally drop in was about how people were, you know, all torn up about different things. And that was his standard line. Somebody's getting something I'm not getting, and I'm upset about it. Comparison is the thief of joy. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, my friend Matt Hastings, in, a, uh, in a, a wonderful message to North Carolina teens that I heard years ago, actually said comparison is the devil. Because it's a joy stealer. It's, it's, a, it's a robber. It's a thief. When we're looking at things that other people have that we don't have, it can cause us to be ungrateful for the things that we do have. And I just know here in this country, for example, in the U.S., man, we got it way better than um, than a lot of folks do around the world. That's why I think sometimes we look we look ungrateful when we don't want to share the good things that we've enjoyed with others. And it's another reason why people try to get here to this country and have four centuries. Um, you know, I'm not here to make a political statement. I'm just talking about common decency and humanity. And again, back to watching those children, um, you know, splash around in the water that lay just beneath the surface, maybe, you know, a hundred feet or more. And maybe it took drilling way down deep below the surface of where they were, but, but he was down there underneath where they were. And once those wells uh, could be brought in and, and, and dig down into the ground to strike that water and see it come shooting back up. Um, you know, something as simple as water that people like us take for granted every day is, is an incredible blessing. But, but you look at the faces of those people and, they don't have much, but they seem to be maybe sometimes even happier than we are. It's not the accumulation of things that will give your heart a sense of joy and peace and gratitude. It's deciding almost, making a decision to be grateful for the things that you've been given and the opportunities that you've had laid in front of you. 
life doesn't always work out just the way we wanted to. And sometimes life just isn't fair. And I, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish everything went super great for everybody every day. Um, I'm, I'm a guy that pulls for my team. I don't root against somebody else's team. Although, you know, occasionally there are rivals in sports that, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings when they lose because they're the ones that are usually keeping my team from getting to the top. But uh, I digress. Um, here's, here's the thing. A thankful heart, a grateful heart, genuinely expressed in the, in the acts of kindness that we do and in the ways that we interact with other people, that's contagious. And I am so hopeful that something like this Michael in the Middle podcast can be a part of a movement that encourages generosity and kindness and encouragement. And I think those kinds of attributes, those kinds of virtues all spring forth from gratitude. And it's being aware that you've been given a gift and you want to pass it on. That's what I'm aiming for by talking to you about gratitude today. Again, I'm so grateful uh, that uh, so many of you have joined me here on this podcast and on this journey. And uh, I'm looking forward to sharing some great stories with you of friends uh, who are going to be on this podcast with me in days going forward. It's been kind of hard over the last month in particular, uh, Sarah's mom, um, you know, kind of took ill there uh, and, and died uh, within the space of about two weeks of her, her precipitous decline. Um, we've been busy with family things and work has been busy. Um, but I've missed being able to be on a regular schedule here with the podcast. And we're going to try to do something about that here, uh, over these next few weeks and, and stay more regular with it so that, uh, people like you can help people like me spread the good word about getting out there in the middle of doing something good for somebody else. Cause I do believe already that it's making a difference and you've made a difference in my life by uh, being here uh, and sharing in these episodes with me on Michael in the middle. We'll see you next time. That's episode 35. And it's all about gratitude. <laughs>